I'm a kind of a car guy, I like old cars. So, uh, you know, car restorers are some of the most insane people in the world. Uh, you know, you you know, you look at their life, what they value, and if they think a car is worth the price, what they consider it valuable, they put out whatever. Give you a couple cars that's been sold. A 1961 Shelby Cobra sold for 1.5 million. A 1954 Pontiac Bonteville sold for $3 million. A 1967 Corvette sold for $3.2 million. A 1964 Ford GT sold for $7 million. And lastly, 1962 Cobra or Shelby, Shelby Cobra sold for $13.7 million. The reason they put that money out because they put the value of that on the car. That car is valuable to them, so they said, we're going to put out the money. Our text is the story of God's passion for people and the price he will pay to restore them. So let's go to Ezekiel 37, start at verse 1. It said, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bone, verse 2. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold... There were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus, thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter in you, enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as the Lord commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise, a shaking, a rattling, and a bone coming uh, together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over but there's no breath in them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, or to the wind, prophesy the Son of Man, and say to the breath, thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, and breathe, O breath, upon these slain, that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came upon them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, to bless the word, God, I need your anointing. God, I pray, God, bless the word this morning. God, let it be, uh, God, fall upon every heart, every life. God, let there be hearts to receive this morning, God. We'd be attentive, God, alert. God, speak to us, I pray, a word in season. God's people say, amen. Hallelujah. Made alive again, if you're taking notes, made alive again. Uh, so let's look first all about the bones, all about the bones here. Uh, good bones or bone health is critical to the well-being of the body. We know that in the natural. If you have bad bones, you're in trouble. Uh, inside the bones is marrow, uh, where, red cell, where red blood cells and white blood cells are made. Platelets are made there as well. This all happens in the bone. Red blood cells, we know, carries oxygen to uh, different tissues of the body. The white blood cells are the part of the immune system. They fight off the infection. The platelets are uh, what they call the doctor of the veins. If you get a hole in your vein, that platelets will go and clog all that up, amen. But all this happens in the bones. 
So if you have bad bones, we can see how there's going to be trouble. You know, our vital organs are protected by bones as well. The brain is protected by the skull. Our heart and our lungs are protected by the rib cage. Our bones keep all these vital organs uh, from injury when there's impact. Let me tell you a story. My father, when we were younger, raised horses. And I remember going to several auctions. I grew up in Kansas, small uh, town in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I, and we'd go to these auctions on the weekend. And I remember several times going to these auctions, buying different field animals, uh, pigs, cows, horses, and on and on. And so we, we bought these horses. we bring them back home. And me and my brother's job was to feed these in the morning, feed them water the horses before we went to school. And uh, so what you do, these horses, you don't know, spook them. You always kind of put your hand on the rear and kind of rub up uh, their body, kind of lets you know they're there, uh, or lets them know you're there. And so uh, we did this normal day. So we go out, we're feeding and watering the, uh, the horses. And I'm in front. I, I'm, I go around this horse. I... Uh, you know, I, I do what we always do, let it know we're there so don't get spooked. And, uh, but all of a sudden, uh, this horse jumps, and it kicked my brother, and I turn around, there's blood everywhere. This horse had kicked my brother in the head. Uh, long story short, he had 120 stitches in his head. Uh, I mean, he was out of school for six months trying to just recover. If you see him today, he's got a horseshoe scar, goes from here uh, all the way to his back ear, but they said what saved his brain from injury and his eye from being damaged was his bones. If it wasn't for them bones, he would have been a different man today. You know, they say 10 million Americans have osteoporosis and 44 million have low, low bone density. Uh, amen. So I'm not here to give you a medical lesson this morning, but I'm here to make a point because there is a spiritual point here. Our text says, the hand of the Lord came upon me. And brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down the valley, or the midst of the valley, and the, it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them, uh, by them. And, and behold, there was very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. So God's making a spiritual principle here. In other words, there was no life in these bones. All these bones were dead. Uh, these dead bones represent the spiritual life of Israel. Uh, Israel was spiritually dead. God's trying to get a message to them. Uh, you, you, this, these dry bones, these dead bones are a picture of your spiritual life. This is worse than osteoporosis. They were actually dead bones. Verse 3, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord, uh, you know. There's some people. Uh, probably all of us at one point, maybe even all of us now, of God, unless God helps us, we're all in trouble. But they're, they're spiritually dead. As Ezekiel's looking at the house of Israel, he's never seen them in a worse condition. Yeah, they've been limping along before. They've had uh, maybe some issues, but they're completely dead spiritually. They're a valley of dry bones, dead bones, and God asked him, can these bones live? Only you know God. If you're spiritually dead this morning, if you're living in sin, backslidden, uh, your only hope is God. You need a miracle. Look at the important, there's an important truth here. What bones are to the body, our spiritual life is to you and I. Our text says these dry bones represented Israel's spiritual state, no life, they're dead. 
So our spiritual life represents who we are. A healthy spiritual life means that we have in us a constant moving of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, just like the bones have a constant a cell creation in them, blood cell, white cells, platelets. Uh, we, if we're healthy Christians, we have a constant moving of God in us. God's always moving, doing something, speaking, making himself real, giving revelation. There's constant moving of God. You know, when you have a constant moving of God, uh, Jesus, the kingdom of God in you, you have a spell shit, you have a, a healthy spiritual life. Which, when you have a, spirit, uh, a healthy spiritual life, means we put the kingdom of God first. Come on. A healthy spiritual life means that we are here to serve. Uh, we're here to labor, find a place to labor, be faithful to that place. Uh, if we have a spiritual or healthy spiritual life. When our bones are strong, our spiritual life is healthy. When we have the kingdom of God flowing through us, we have victory. We conquer, we overcome, we have dominion, we're surrendered to God, and we can win the world. But listen, all that depends on you and I having a, a healthy spiritual life, that we have a moving of God in us, that God is active, God is speaking and moving in our lives. Uh, as the bones are uh, inside the bones, there's a consecration of blood. I'm studying this, trying to make this sermon as best as I can make it, and Inside of your bones right now, there's a constant recreation of, uh, of blood vessels uh, or blood cells and white cells and platelets. Uh, so what happens in your bones right now is there's, a, there's an incoming, there's an outgoing. The old, the old bones uh, are being replaced by new. What osteoporosis is, uh, is the, uh, the new is not keeping up with the, the loss of the old. Uh, there, there is more news or less news coming in than old is going out. So what happens? It causes a it causes gaps in your bones and they become brittle. They become easy to break. And this is where Israel's at. They have they they're spiritually they just ain't receiving all that God wants them. It's like they're holding God back. Uh, and not only have they have dry bones here, but they have dead bones. You know, our text is about a people that were one time on fire for God, alive in the things of God. They have a history of dominion and conquering their enemy, but now they ha- they are worse than osteoporosis. What is true physically is also true spiritually. In other words, we cannot live on yesterday's vi- victories or past dominions. To keep a healthy spiritual life, we need God to move in us daily. We can't say, I remember last year I did this or last month. No, we need, God's speaking to me today. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm trusting Him. We have an active moving of God in us today. That's what keeps us spiritually healthy. So what's the answer this morning? What's found in our text in verse 3. So let's look secondly of hearing, having ears to hear. If you're one of these dry bone people, Or if you have weak and brittle spirituality, there's good news this morning. Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy these bones and say to them, O bones. What's it say? Hear the word of the Lord. That's the key. Can you hear God this morning? Can you hear what God would speak to you through this message? Can God 
speak into your heart, your life. Can you hear that? Uh, and if you can, there's hope. Hallelujah. If you push aside all your problems, your fears, your complaints, issues, uh, and have an ear to hear, the Bible says, surely I will put breath, uh, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. You know, the word of God's powerful. How many's read the Bible today, yesterday, this week, and like, wow. You read something, I mean, just it's living it. You read something that just touches you, speak, and it's like, wow. That's because it's living this morning. Nothing can defeat it. It's always victorious. There's hope. Uh, there's joy. There's destiny. As you read the Bible, as you hear the word of God, Ephesians or Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to div- dividing of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and is discerner of thoughts and intents of heart. What's that mean? It means God can help you no matter what spiritual position you're in. No, what, no matter what kind of osteoporosis you have, uh, if you can hear, God can get in there. When God gets in uh, to your spiritual life, like these, uh, these, like in the bone, amen, there can be life again. You know, the natural osteoporosis cannot be cured. There's a few things you can do to give yourself some stronger bones. There's meds, there's diets, there's exercise. Uh, but there's really very little you can do uh, to heal that in the natural, but the physical, or I mean the spiritual, amen, as you hear the word of God, it's like, God, there's a recreation uh, of life. Uh, the spirit of God gets in you and I and, and has the ability just to drive out the old and fill us with the new. I mean, the new power, the new anointing, the grace of God can just flood our spirit. Uh, and what used to be old, what used to be damaged, fragile, uh, I mean, it's strong again. But the key is, can you hear the word of God? Can the word of God speak to you? That was the key in our scripture. Uh, oh, Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, that's the only cure this morning. You know, life has a certain look to it. Look at our text, verse 6. I'll put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. When God is at work, there is change. That's what that means. When God is at work, there is change. Matter of fact, it was the change. It's the change that lets everybody know you're different. 1985, when I gave my life to Jesus, there's a change in my life. That change was so dramatic that people begin to talk, my friends and families, they begin to see me. They said, man, have you seen Larry lately? Man, he's all, it's all he talks about is God. He wants to be at church all the time. Uh, he's faithful to moan. He's home every night. Uh, he's, faithful, he's loving his daughter. And that was the talk. Uh, they, there was change. There was a visible change. That's how people knew that God did something in my life. There was a change. So in our text, God's saying when he's at work and he's doing something, when you're hearing it, there's change. That's when people say, hey, uh, I'm right with God, but they're still acting like the world? I said, no, 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 God's not moving there. <laughs> you know, when you witness to people, you can kind of see, right? Uh, I knew how I used to live, what I used to be involved in, and when, I'm, when they're still there, I'm like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like my God. Because when God speaks, when God moves, there's always a change here. I was not the same that day when I gave my life to Jesus. I left church, they're totally different. I left on a 
Friday at work, a sinner smoking dope, drinking beer, running that crazy immoral like all the others. I got saved Sunday. My life radically changed. I show up Monday to work, and they said, what's wrong with Larry? <laughs> Nothing is wrong. He's right now. <laughs> but there's a change. It's very visible. People seen it. Uh, and that's one of the uh, identification marks that you are saved and right with God. Our text reveals the truth that every one of us better pay close attention to. And it's possible, especially as time passes, you'd be an older Christian, uh, to be in the house of God but no longer have ears to hear. You know, you're a new convert, man, you're a sponge. Man, you're soaking up every word, man. Wow, wow, it's powerful in you. Remember them days, uh, I remember when I first got saved, every sermon, man, was like I was in heaven. I mean, just my, I was on a, such a spiritual high, but as time goes on, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can become like that, right? And that's what's happening in our text. As time passes, it's just, it's just normal stuff now. Yeah, God's moving. I'll, I'll catch it next week. Yeah, and that's the attitude here. And we have to be careful because this can jump on all of us, especially those that have been around for a while as you, it just becomes common. Verse 3, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, uh, O dry bones, hear. The emphasis is on hear. Hear the word of the Lord. The plea is to hear, proceed, grasp, realize, comprehend, apprehend what God is saying. Don't just let it go in one ear, out the other, but grab a hold of it. As it's going through your mind, your mind will grab a hold of that word uh, and begin to give your life to that word. And that's what is going to change us. That's what's going to bring life back into us, that we're just not letting the word go in and out, but we're grasping it somewhere. Mark chapter 10. Jesus came to the region of Judea. Thus said, crowds of people came to him, and he taught them words of life were spoken to them. He healed their sick, delivered their oppressed, but there were some in the crowd. Even though all that was going on, think about that. Jesus is there preaching words of life. People are being changed. I mean, miracles are happening right in front of them. People saved, delivered, demon-possessed are being healed. Uh, in the midst of all that, the Bible says some of the Pharisees came to test him. They're sitting in the house of God, but not the same heart. In other words, they came to criticize, find some wrong some imperfections. Uh, is he going to say the right words? Does he have the right shirt and tie on? Uh, uh, that's why they came to church. You know, if we're not careful, especially over time, we come to church for the wrong reasons. We come because we're expected to be here. or we don't come, pastors will be able to call me. So I better be there. But what about coming? Because I just want to hear the word of God. I want to be there because God's moving. God will speak to me. God will minister. What about that? That's why, that's the pull here in our text. Will they hear the word of God? Will they just come to hear what I have to say? Look, lastly, be restored to fight again. Restored to fight again. You know, Israel has always been known as a fighting nation. As you read Israel's history, I mean, they... David stands before Goliath. Here's the picture. You know, you've all probably seen it Sunday school. David's this little bitty guy, 120 pounds, probably 5'7". Uh, 
He's going to fight Goliath. Goliath is 420 pounds. So he's been in the gym all of his life. Your muscles have muscles. He got this big javelin and sword. That, and David said, yeah, I'll fight him. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what happened. Remember, his brothers were there. Hey, what are you doing here? Go back home, tend them sheep. They're, you're no match for this. But David has the spirit of God in him. David has a, the Spirit of God moving. In. He's not just here and it's not going in one ear and out the other. He's grasped it. He's got some faith. He understands who God is. Uh, but this is a history of their nation. You know the story, David, uh, uh, come, you know, tell Goliath, you come to me with sword, spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Uh, God's going to give me the victory. And they, they show up and God does give them the victory. Remember, he throws the stone and Holy Spirit puts some jet power behind it. Uh, hit him in the forehead, falls, falls down face forward, uh, and it's over. That's, that's their history. Jonathan, his armor bearer, remember they climbed a cliff. And the Bible said there's sharp rocks on each side, meaning uh, this is very dangerous. They're climbing, climbing the cliff to fight a garrison of, of, of Philistines there. A garrison's probably 50, 60, I don't know, people. And there's two guys there. I'm going to fight them. I'm going to, I mean, Climbing a cliff, sharp rocks on each side, very dangerous. Uh, I mean, time they get up there, they're going to be tired. I mean, there's 50, 60 soldiers, warriors uh, waiting to, to get them with swords, and they make it up there, and, so, and they start beating all these guys down. That's their history here. So they're used to fighting. They're used to being warriors. They're used to taking uh, nations, uh, Psalms or, or uh, 2 Samuel 23. Talked about David's mighty men. Uh, give you a, a couple of them here. Dino killed 800 men at one time. Eleazar fought until his hand stuck to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory through him. Shammah defended a lentil field because he knew whoever had the field had food. And, and whoever has food has strength to battle and fight. So that field was critically stationed himself there. And God brought about a great victory. Knowing all this, our text doesn't make any sense. Knowing Israel's history, you read our text, uh, we're kind of lost here. It says a valley of dry bones. It doesn't make sense. They're, they don't have a fighting spirit anymore. They're not warriors. They're not these people that are believing God in faith, uh, but they're dead. They're dry. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord of good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's for you and I. You know why our text doesn't make sense? Because that wasn't the will of God. The will of God is not for you and I to be in church and be dry. To have no spiritual life in us, to have no, no faith, no dominion, no drive. That's not the will of God. That's why our, that's why our scripture doesn't make sense. Because Jeremiah says, listen, uh, I've got some big plans for you. There's a future, there's a hope, and so God is wanting to powerfully move in our lives this morning. How many believes that? In our text, God sees the intended purpose for their life. It says, they, and they lived, stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Picture this. God sees them, as he sees you and I, that we, as the word of God is being preached, is being prophesied, being spoken, that that we're going to have ears to hear this. As we hear it, the miracles are going to begin to happen, like inside the bones. Uh, 
Thus are the bus of sin or, or, or sinew uh, and flesh begin to come up on these bones. There's a shaking, a noise, a rattling, uh, bone to bone. Uh, there's life again. They're living again. There's life in the house of God. Uh, and now then uh, God said, breathe upon or speak to the wind, breathe upon them. Uh, the Spirit of God comes in there. It's received. There's life. And the Bible said they're, they're alive again. They stood on their feet. Uh, and now they're a mighty army once again. That's God's plan for all of us this morning. You know what really messed, uh, what really not messed me up but encourages me? Ezekiel's called son of man. Now, I'm thinking, why is he called son of man? You know, if you read Scripture, especially New Testament, only Jesus is called son of man. Because son of man is the highest honor a man can have. When you say son of man, you're almost saying deity. You're almost saying this is God, and we know that to be true. Jesus only called him Son of Man. Yeah, you're God in the flesh. We know that. That's what that's saying, but here's called Ezekiel, Son of Man. And the reason it's called Ezekiel, Son of Man, he is so filled with the Spirit of God. You read Ezekiel, he's having visions. God's speaking to him. Uh, I mean, he's all about God. He's all about the things of God. He's so full of God uh, as you look at him, you can almost see God. Can you follow me? You can almost see a, a supernatural anointing upon his life, and he's so full, and that's how we're supposed to be. Not just Ezekiel, but uh, I mean, everyone's going to be so full of God this morning that when somebody looks at us, say, man, I see the glow. How many's looked at you and said, man, there's a glow about you? How many's ever had that happen? There's a glow about you. That's what God is saying about Ezekiel, son of man. To have God call you son of man, pretty powerful. God said, man, you're so full of me, Ezekiel. I'm going to give you the highest honor I can give, son of man. What is your name this morning? Empty, full, son of man? You know, this is Resurrection Sunday. This is a celebration day where Jesus openly defeated Satan, hell, and the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Paul said, where old death is your victory? Where old death is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gave us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus died, and especially when he rose again, I mean, the grave was defeated. When Jesus died, we know he died for our sin. He took our sin upon the cross. He carried the weight of that. Uh, he paid the price for our sin, but when he rose, the devil thought he had a great victory, and Jesus died on the cross. We finally killed him. Uh, we finally quieted that voice, but when Jesus rose, the Bible said he took the keys uh, of all the demonic. He has the keys of uh, death and hell. Uh, he defeated all the demonic at that point. That's what Paul is saying here now. Oh, death, where's your sin? Oh, grave, where's your victory? Because, because Jesus rose. We do have victory, amen. So when you and I die and this flesh time is over, I mean, there's going to be life. There's going to be a resurrection. Uh, and we're going to be in heaven. Because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection out of the tomb, we stand alive on our feet and victorious. Jesus says this in John 10, 10. I am come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Underline the word abundantly. This, word's to have, this means to have a large amount 
ample supplied Ezekiel. That's what Ezekiel had. He had an ample supply of God. He had a large amount. Uh, and Jesus said, now I've come. You can have that. There's no sense of sitting in church and being half empty or half full, whatever you want to call it, uh, having just a little bit of trickle here. Jesus said, you can have an abundance here. You can be abundantly uh, full here. You can have an ample supply. Because Jesus rose again, we have abundant life. You know, Jesus wants a relationship with you more than you can imagine. Look at our text here. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and breathe upon you that you may live, that you may know that I am the Lord. Jesus wants you just, he wants you to know who he is. I mean, his death and resurrection was saying, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know me. We're part of God's creation. And he loves us so much in John 3.16. Jesus willfully gave his life, died on the cross, because he wants you to know him. Knowing Jesus is so simple. Uh, Romans 10.9, you confess with your mouth that Jesus, Lord, and believe in your heart that he has raised, uh, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes and is justified, or just as there's been no sin, and with the mouth one confession is made, uh, amen. So very easy. Jesus didn't make it well. If you want to get saved, you want to know me, I do 150 push-ups. If you're over 30, you can't do 20 anymore. <laughs> but he didn't make it complicated. You know, uh, uh, do all these extras. No, Jesus just said, if you confess with your mouth, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, uh, and you can speak that, believe that, listen, you can be saved. That's simple. The message this morning is Jesus did everything he did so he can know you. Isn't that powerful? That Jesus went to the cross, he rose from the dead, all that just so he can know you and I. That's powerful. The message of our text is, listen, don't just be in church, but let church be in you. Be full of the Spirit of God, just like in our bones that I mean, the worst news you can do have is go to your doctor and they say, hey, man, you got osteoporosis. You've got some bad bones here. That's not good news. You know, in the church, the worst thing God can say is, man, you got a pretty bad spiritual life. When we can be full, full of God, Ezekiel, son of man. Just bow our heads this morning. If I can get every head bowed, every eye closed, please.